So let's start with the Nokar Mantra. Om Namo Arihantanam Om Namo Sitanam Om Namo Ayadiyanam Om Namo Vachayanam Namo Luisa Vasahunam Esu Panchanamu Karu Salva Pava Panasano Mangalalancha Salvesim Paramam Have Mangalam Paramam Have Mangalam Me here, you have the floor. Thank you, Judge Nadal, everyone again. So, the inspiration for this topic came from uh, one of the projects Jinami is working on. And I'm going to start with some of her work to begin with. She did some research on forgiveness. And uh, I think the two names came uh, up in her search. One is Mahatma Gandhi and other one is Nelson Mandela. I don't think any of those need any introduction. But this is what Nelson Mandela said. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. And after he came out of jail of 20 years, 27 years of prison, the first thing he said is, I forgive everyone. So with that said, I think, you know, Jainism, let me start with a question. What does Jainism known for? If there is one thing that Jainism is known for, what is that? Ahimsa. Ahimsa, non-violence. If you think of a stuti or anything that is related to ahimsa in our scriptures. Well, isn't the Noka Mantra related to Ahimsa because we want to aspire to the qualities of the Panchpurmesti? Yes, that's that's correct. That that is and pretty much everything we can we can connect to Ahimsa, and that's why I think we're known for that. But let's think about it. If I say forgiveness, what is the first thing in Jainism that comes to your mind? That is the word we use, that one word we use over and over. Michami Dukram. That is correct. Michami Dukram. There is even a stuti for forgiveness that we learn about in our class of prayers and importance of prayers in our life. That is in our book and, and we'll go over it. And that's what I would actually like to begin with uh, in our book. And it's called Kame Misavajivya. So, does anybody know or would like to recite that prayer for me? I'm sure somebody knows Kame Misavajivya. If not, let's find a page and, and recite together. <clears throat> okay. Are we all ready? All right. Kame misa vajive 
Let's repeat it. Kame mi sarvajeeve Sarve jiva kamantume Sarve jiva kamantume Mitti me sarva bhuesu Mitti me sarva bhuesu Veram majjana kenai Thank you. So, the the meaning of this, and it's it's interesting that I think Arthi always does this prayer with kids. And now that I've studied this subject a little bit, I, I see the importance of this. So, what it means is, I forgive all souls. Let all souls forgive me. I am in friendly terms with all. I have no animosity towards anybody. Imagine this. If it can come to your mind, you're really angry. Imagine a situation. You're really angry right now. What if you remember this prayer? What can it do to you and to the anger? Try to calm you down. That is correct. So let me let me bring everything together now. So as we talked about, ahimsa is is kind of the main principle, and I think forgiveness stands side by side and competes for for equally important role in Jainism, and it requires a lot of courage. To, to practice forgiveness and we'll, we'll talk about this for rest of uh, you know 20 30 minutes of our class and and I would like to hear from you and think about this the applicability of ahinsa in our lives so I'll now I'll start with one of our previous class that we have talked about. If you remember about January last year, it's, I think it was January 18th last year, that's what my note says, we talked about anger and the stages of anger. Does anybody remember there are five stages? Where does it start before we actually get angry? Okay, I know it's been a while, I had to refresh myself too. So it starts with expectation or apeksha. We have expectation from somebody, from ourselves, And when that expectation is not met, anger is created. It, we also have aparigraha, agraha, sorry, agraha, means we want something. We don't get it, anger is generated. We have ahankar, which is also ego. And when that happens, anger is generated. We have some attachment to something, asakti. I want that, no matter what. That generates anger. And then at the end, the final stage of anger is akrosh. We get mad at somebody. You know, our kids, our teammates, our family members. And that's when the anger is generated. 
So you might be thinking that why anger first? The, the reason is that because forgiveness is antithesis to anger. If we can prevent anger, forgiveness is a cure that helps eradicate the anger. If we can catch ourselves into this five stages of anger and stop the anger, great. Power to us. But if we can't do that, forgiveness gets us out of that void of anger. From one of our first classes, or, or Timber, I think, have, uh, have captured in one of the classes, I remember where it came up. When, when we are angry, who is it directed towards? Ourselves. Ourselves, that is correct. So it's hurting us, and forgiveness takes us out of that. When Nelson Mandela came out of jail, if you would have been angry at people who did put them in prison for 27 years, he would not have done brave things after that. When I lose a test in, uh, a set in tennis, if I'm angry at myself for losing that set, I'm not going to win the next set. So give me some example that you think that prevents you from being successful after being angry. If there is a, a good example, I mean, something you can share about anything that you think that prevents you from being successful after being angry. I think with kids, right, if they act up or aren't doing something behaviorally that you're expecting them to, and you react with anger, um, it doesn't correct the behavior and it doesn't uh, enhance the relationship and you don't get the outcome uh, on either side that you're looking for. Great example, Shaito. Very good. I think we all have experienced that. And in addition, what they pick up is from us is they see us getting angry, trying to react to a situation, and then they, they follow the same same behavior. So that's that's a great one. Anybody else? You see this in the sports all the time. You watch cricket, you watch something else. Um, you know, there is a, just a, just a, you know, a, a simple incidence that makes a player angry or makes a, somebody, you know, and, and then you generally see the results right after that within few hours, within few, sometimes, you know, either it throws the wicket off or, or the baller will throw the ball in the wrong direction or the field. So, so you see this all the time when the person is not in the right state of mind, the judgment, you know, they cloud the judgment and, you see the results right after that. Great example, Bavin. Anyone else? Okay. 
So if you have not said an example so far, I would like you to think about an example that happened to you recently. And at this point, what would you like to do differently? Say you're in the situation, you are not able to prevent, your anger is already, it has already taken place. We know it is self-directed. Now, what's going to happen for the rest of your day? I think it's a misery. You know, we will, we will have ourselves guilty of that. You have directed an anger, especially like Shetu mentioned, if it's towards your loved ones, uh, I, I don't remember how many times I would scold them or even get really upset at them. And then it's, it's on me for the rest of the day. They're playing. The kids are so happy. They're, they're going to do what they do afterwards, play or, or do whatever. But then I'm going to be upset for the rest of the day until I can get that thought out of my mind. So let's, let's go back to our text a little bit and, and explore forgiveness. Anybody a chance to read the, the two pages? I tried to do the audio. I mean, not, it was a bit late. It may not be as powerful. Uh, my pronunciation may not be as, as good. But the best part about forgiveness is it is easy to say, it's difficult to do. The sorry word is ingrained in our life as more than Bichami Dukram. Somebody even says, you will say more times sorry than thank you. Uh, it's just, that's how it's built. I mean, and we think that when sorry said, everything is done. But are we really forgiving somebody when we say sorry? Let, let me ask you here, um, and this may be kind of odd, but, you know, I interrupt you, right? I say, I'm sorry to you, right? What's the acceptance of I'm sorry? Right? Or the forgive, like, you know, like, I feel like some people hang on to things after it's like all over too, right? They don't let it go, right? And so, you know, and this may happen, like, i give you an example, like maybe between me and my wife, right? Like something will happen. I'll tell Lopa something and I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, it's my fault, yada, yada. And a week later, she's like, well, you, you know, last week, remember that? And I was like, well, we, that was over. Like, I already said, I'm sorry about that, right? And I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand, like, what's the acceptance of, of the sorry, you know? Because in the book, it talks about forgiveness, but that's us forgiving. It doesn't talk about the other party forgiving, right? Or I, maybe I'm not understanding that. I think, Nick, you, you brought up this question very well. That's what I think we want to we wanna address today. And if we can answer this and convince ourselves by the end of today's class, or I think it's going to take a while, but this is great. What if, what if somebody... You say sorry and somebody doesn't forgive you. Right? Like, like, just like Nick explained, what is your opinion on it? Hang, hang on, can I get Lopa in here? <laughs> <laughs> Let her rest after the marathon. She needs, she needs rest. No, but like, and I, I'm just picking her just because uh, most of you know her and whatever, but it, it could be even someone, you know, like... Uh, for forgiveness in our book is not like uh, is not specific to being Jane you know so how does that work outside of that in your workplace or 
anywhere else for that matter, right? You know? Yeah. So let me ask you this, Nick. And, and please, this is, this is where everybody, I think, uh, please jump in. But let me ask you, Nick. Let's say you, you said something or she did and, and, and you forgive her. Okay. What will happen to your behavior for the rest of the time after that incident? I think that if you're sincere about forgiving someone for something, you're more attuned to remembering that. So it prevents you from making that same mistake again. Oh, I mean, I don't know if I'm making that clear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. You like if, 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 if I leave the, the, the cap off the toothpaste, right. And that is annoying to someone else. Right. Now I'm more aware to myself that, Hey, this is causing more issues somewhere. Let me go not do those things, you know, uh, as an example, I guess. I think when you, like when you say sorry or when you ask for forgiveness, right, it's the first step that you acknowledge that you created a wound in someone's emotional state. Right. Um, but if, if I follow Nick, where you're, where you're going, well, I mean, they're sorry sometimes just isn't the right remedy or is, isn't enough of the remedy, right? Just step one in acknowledging for yourself, but right. Some wounds can be healed with a bandaid. Some need stitches, some need kind of deeper, um, surgery, correction or surgery, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure in your example if there's anything that we can do about somebody else's forgiveness. Obviously, we can make the apology and we can make amends, but we don't have a choice for other people to forgive us. If they hold a grudge, there's simply nothing we can do. We might have done everything in our power, but there's nothing we can do about other people because we can only control ourselves. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a is a a grudge in some cases, but in others, if you have created a a wound, then beyond the verbal apology is to try to help them heal. In some sense, right? Certainly, but it's still a choice whether they forgive you or not. You know. Um, in my in my past company, we used to have uh, we call them a life coach. You know, pretty much we would get our management team together, and there would be a day out of the month that we would put our cell phones away and we would focus on strategy and business and stuff like that. And in that, there was a lot of uh, because we were somewhat corporatized. Uh, we had like I don't know thirty people in that room, and there was a lot of. Uh, I guess conflict that may have arisen because, you know, it's very competitive, right? Like, uh, you know, Nick's making more money than my division is, or he's getting more capital than my division is or things like that. Right. And one of the things that the life coach said was that if you have an issue with someone, instead of writing an email back and fighting over it on an email, go to that person's office, close the door and hash it out, you know? Suck it up, move on, because that will make you more effective than adding this 
this grudge that you hold on for so long and then it explodes and then you gotta, someone has to come do the surgery then, right? You know? And uh, slowly our team grew to going to do that. I mean, it was unbelievable how efficient we were because we, the moment someone came in and closed the door, we hashed it up, we all moved on, you know? And that was someone else telling us to go do that, right? In a workplace environment. Maybe we can maybe do that at home where someone on the other side understands to go ahead and forgive that person, you know, or at least come to some compromise of the forgiveness because forgiveness is one part that solves the problem maybe now, but it doesn't solve the, it actually just patches it, right? We're not, if you keep doing it, it's not forgiven, (laughs) you know? So you may need to change your, your attitude, your mindset, your process, whatever that is, to go ahead and be forgiven forward, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's really challenging. I think Tim's right. Like, it's really hard for the other person to accept the forgiveness. And every time I, I talked to someone originally at, at the company, it was really hard because you would sometimes walk away. And even though you, you poured out your heart and soul, the other guy's like, okay, cool, right? Like, it's like there's such a big disconnect. It's like, are they sincere enough to go ahead and say, okay, yes, that's fine. Or are they holding that as leverage for something else? Right. You know, what if, what if forgiveness isn't a choice or it's not as much of a conscious choice as we think it is, or we're led to believe. And maybe I'm going down this wound analogy too, too deeply, but the people who are able to forgive sincerely and more quickly maybe have more tools to address and be more resilient to wounds and to um, address when somebody has has attacked or insulted or hurt them as uh, maybe other people don't don't either don't have the same tools or have not developed them or the, the wound or the attack is deeper and you know, some people have childhood trauma or you know in re- relationships and there there are different methods that it takes to address them and sometimes it just takes more time to practice it more time to learn and and use those tools to uh, you know scrape out the bacteria and let um uh, let let the healing take place so right. and then and then when it's healed right then you're able to get to that stage of forgiveness so let me ask you said how, how do you teach forgiveness like how do we teach our kids forgiveness not to take away anything that you're about to say in here so sorry <laughs> no no this is for and i will add to nikhil's question that how how can we teach ourselves to forgive ourselves? So if we learn one or the other, how can we teach each other? Because now if it's taughtable skill, like Nick explained, it was the effective strategy at corporate. If that strategy is effective at our home, imagine a situation where nobody gets angry. Well, I, I, I think what happens is that the expectation changes. And the communication changes, right? You know, 
it's not that nobody gets angry. It's that you minimize the amount of, you know, of, of chance of someone getting angry. Right. You know, so you become highly effective in communicating what's happening or what someone's thought process is. Right. You know, I don't know if this is a direct response and one way to at least deescalate right, or get on. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's exactly that, that path is to, to teach kids or to practice ourselves to take the intent, right? Don't project intent on the other person. Uh, right? If someone interrupted me, right, it's what is the observable fact that I was interrupted? It's not, I was interrupted because, you know, somebody likes the sound of their own voice and they just, you know, want to interrupt me. So if you don't project intent, um, or assume what the other person um, uh, was going through their their mind and just focus on what actually happened and what the impact of that is, that gets more to the point of the remedy and the and the healing. Yeah. Maybe can we discuss something more towards reasoning why we should practice forgiveness? What are the benefits? Why why we need to practice forgiveness? Yeah, I think we will... Re- okay, so let's take Nikhil's example. Nikhil, I, if I can use a toothpaste example and move on forward to what Bhavanbhai just said. So let's take it from there. So Nick, it happened. He, he leaves the toothpaste uh, top open all the time and it bothers Lopa. Now, Nick apologize, say sorry, and he forgets about it in his own mind. Now he forgives Lopa for, for, for pointing that out. It's the right thing to do, but he forgives it. Okay, he accepts it. Well, now he has two choices to keep that in his mind that he was pointed out that. So by forgiving, there's two things. One, you say, okay, I resolve that in my mind and with the other person. No expectation from the other person, but you have to resolve it in yourself that I accept that. I'm going to be conscious. There's two things. I will remember to do it next time or I'll forget. But if you even do it, if you leave that top open multiple times and you get chastised, are you able to forgive yourself that you, you're wanting to do, but something is, is blocking you from doing that. If you can do it over and over and over, to yourself, that's forgiving yourself, my own self, if I'm doing that. The second thing is, if Lopa brings it up after a week, the same thing. And and let's say you resolve it. Having a state of mind where you say that, okay, Lopa, again, my apologies. Even though you thought you had resolved it, if it was in her mind, your practice behavior, second time, third time, fourth time, Every time, if you can manage the same, uh, you know, aspect where you forgive yourself, you forgive other, eventually that will propagate. Because let's say after the fifth time, you blow up and say, okay, you know, you've told me this five times and I, you know, I, I'm not able to do it, whatever it is. And, and, and to me, even the fifth time or 10th time or 100th time, if you can forgive yourself, if you can forgive the other person, so 
it's a self-practice that's difficult, then I think we will all agree that kids learn from us and others learn from us. So if we can do that, I think that is one way of practicing forgiveness in our own life. It seems to me from your example that if you practice enough forgiveness, you'll never have to change. You'll never have to change in order to put the toothpaste top back on the tube because you constantly forgive yourself a hundred times. So is that what we want? Is that the lesson? Well, it's a good point. And in trying to explain the, the point, that, that's leading in the wrong direction. But to me, if, if I'm, I am, let's say, if I have a skill that I'm not capable of, and if I can forgive myself for my rest of my life and focus on the, on the skills that I'm good at, I think it's a good thing to do. If I'm not good at one thing and I, I just, obviously, I try to develop. I'm not saying that we don't develop ourselves. But I think being able to forgive on that fact on that moment and move on forward allows me to to improve and not kill myself over that one thing that I'm not uh, I'm not able to do at that moment or like you said even for uh, uh, rest of the life but that's a good point so can you, Bhavan, can you bring your, your question up again? I think that was my thought on Nick's uh, question. Uh, so we, uh, I, I think that was going to take us forward. I, I just hope, Nick, your door is shut because this conversation may not be helping you either. I'm just uh, <laughs> thinking she's going to love the recording. <laughs> Don't worry, there's, there, there's going to be worldwide forgiveness for this. So. <laughs> And maybe the simple solution is you buy your own toothpaste and go in a different bathroom. <laughs> uh, before uh, Bhavin uh, takes the stage, can I quickly ask you something related to what Tim was saying? I mean, fine, you you keep forgiving yourself, that's okay. But I think Tim uh, mentioned something earlier which I thought was very important. You, do you do you even consider the other person's behavior. Um, I think what he mentioned was you don't really control what the other person does, right? Yeah. So, so you just say, okay, I forgive, and then just not be bothered about what the other person is thinking because you don't control it? It's not in your control, right? So, like, you know, that's the forget part, I think. <laughs> I, I think there are two variables here. The person who is saying sorry or apologizing, you know, the first variable on, for that person is how much he or she really means. Uh, is this just a lip service and saying sorry just to end the conversation, how much he really means? That's one variable that we have. And the second is on the receiving end, how much seriously that person accepts. And like Tim said, that's completely up to that person's feelings and we can't control that. I think if we 
take these two variables and tie it back to our Jainism principles, anger, ego, deceit, greed, right? These are four are the fundamentals. And you have to be really clear from that perspective in order to truly forgive someone. Because even when, let's say, we say we forgive someone for something and it goes back to, again, what Setu said, it depends upon the severity of the wound. But even if it is a small thing or a bigger event, you may be able to forgive that person, but still your brain is tracking what that person did, right? So now I'm building some, uh, you know, uh, perception about that person. If Bhavin tells me sorry tomorrow, I may be able to say, yeah, no big deal, yeah, good. But I'm still, now my brain is still tracking notes about Bhavin. You know, he said that and I'm, I'm yeah, creating that person. Time, time out, time out. That's the whole point. You're not forgiving someone if you're still remembering that. And, and I think, and, and I think, going back to our Jainism principles, it is very difficult until our four basics are very clear, uh, and that's the real part. We may be saying that I, I have forgiven someone, but I don't know truly if you can totally blank out that incident, uh, and it all depends upon where we are in our stages of life when it comes to those four basics. If we are truly clear and have attained that level, then yes, our forgiving, uh, you know, aspect may be more in-depth. Otherwise, yeah, we may say it's good, but I, I don't know if we can totally block that event and wipe it out and, you know, we go back to exactly three days before what my friendship with that person was or my relationship. I think there is going to be some instance left. That's how I see it. Yeah, and that's why I'm wondering if forgiveness, how much of it is, is conscious versus unconscious. That yeah. you say sorry means that I acknowledge that I may have caused some harm. Say me Dukram, right? I acknowledge that I may have caused some harm and I'm ready to walk down the path of healing it. If someone says, I forgive you, right? It may still be stewing in their mind and that they acknowledge that they want to move down that path perhaps with you, right, of, of healing. But until, until it's actually healed, I don't, I don't know if the state of forgiveness can actually be reached. Barash, to answer your question, no, I don't think just because you're not in control of whether someone forgives you doesn't mean you don't take their feelings or actions into account when performing your own actions because that's what we do all the time right we always say ahimsa we consider other people's actions we're not violent toward other people we don't want to cause other people harm but just because we're not in control of whether they forgive us when we do cause them harm doesn't mean we don't want to take their um them into account yeah so uh, I think, Parish, to, to come back to your question, uh, there are two things. I and the other. Okay? And we have to keep those two things clear. One is, I forgive myself. And the other one is, and well, that in, in that I, I forgive myself and I forgive others. That is in your circle of influence. What is not in your circle of influence is what other does. So no matter how hard we try, we will not be successful to, to I mean, in a short term, affect the others 
behavior, others thinking, others forgiveness, even if they tell you sorry, you will know whether they mean it or not. So as long as we continue on others uh, that is not our circle of influence, I think we will not be successful in our own practice. So what I what I'm thinking is we should focus on ourselves. And obviously it starts from us, then to our family, and then to others. And and let's let me explain how in long term. Let's say you had a teammate, you had a anger with, and you know, you all said sorry, but you don't mean the other person actually means sorry, meant sorry when he or she said it. Well, you know, your thought, if, if that thought is still in your mind, churning every few hours, taking you down, that thought travels. That other person catches those thoughts and that other person is gonna continue, keep on that, and that person will think and then it'll come back to you. And it's just that constant communication keeps on going back and forth without even thinking about anything. That means even though sorry was said, it's not being practiced. Even the forgiveness were given in by words, it was not practiced. The the way you can practice, let's say you eliminate, it's like a you know the uh, this like a echo board, right? If that person is still thinking about it, the other person, let's say you forgive, you have eliminated the thought out of your mind, and the other person has that sound, that thought coming, sending the thought. You're not just responding to it. Now you have removed that. Bound, uh, like whatever we call it, the echo board, so that it's not bouncing back. And after a while, it'll die. And the other person will forget that thought. And eventually, it'll go out. It, it might take a longer, it might sound too optimistic, but I think it, it, it works that way. It can work that way longer time. Uh, and it will, that thought will die down, that the conflict in the other person's mind will go away because you're not responding to it. Does it make sense? Um, I, yeah, I mean, what you're suggesting is that you keep doing what you can control and eventually the other person will come around, right? I mean, eventually, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I I think uh, uh, at some point, that's the only alternative. I don't, unless unless you want to be agitated in your mind, I think that is the only alternative. So I guess you're right. Uh, but I do think, you know, we are all human beings. We are all, you know, emotionally driven. Um, and to control that, to have that sort of control, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal. It, that's, I guess that's where Jainism comes in. Burish, Burish, you're not a human being. You're a soul. (laughs) So it's not natural for you to have emotions such as anger, ego, deceit, and greed because you're a soul. I think we can keep it real, real simple. Um, Yes, we can make it complex as much as we want, but if if, uh, our approach to the life is to Stay positive, uh, look positive in others, look uh, what comes across you as something that due to what, what your karma came to you, right? So what I'm hearing these words right now is because of my karma and the person across the door cannot hear what we are talking, right? So if you keep the life really simple on that, 
aspect, in my opinion, is um, it will come naturally to you what you're doing it. You know, you're never going to do anything intentionally. Um, and I agree that time to time you beat yourself up. That needs to be kind of looked at it because all it does is kind of slowing you down towards walking towards your ultimate goal. So you keep, keep, um, keep beating yourself will not help you where you want to be, whether it is, uh, you know, short goal that is just going from here to here or going longer run. Right. So, so if you keep the things simple as if, you know, none of the people around you, your nucleus family, the nucleus group, what we have generally nine out of 10, I would say maybe 10 out of 10 will never intentionally hurt you by all means. You know, their actions could be something you did not expect. Yes, it becomes like that. But then I think it becomes much easier to connect those dots and move on. Yes, it's going to be different in the office front, a little bit different in a friend circle, but for for most of the time you spend, I would say 80% of the time when you are, when you're with yourself, you know, I, I tell sometimes my kids, you know, they come and tell me I'm bored. I say, look, if you're in your own company and you're bored, then you're in a bad company. You need to be happy with what you are and, and what you can do with something. So I think if you keep it simple, um, and, uh, have this, like we talk about the ahimsa and forgiveness hand to hand gets you the benefits of, what you want to achieve for the long run, then I think it will be much easier to move on than to hold something or expect somebody else is holding against you or you think they are still holding against you. They are not sincere. You know, you did your part. I think you, you will be conscious about what you're doing to the next step. And I think it, it works out in my opinion. Yeah. So why, why, why <clears throat> again, I, I was thinking about it my, myself when I was discussing this topic with Karika. It's like, why do we have so many things about forgiveness in our scriptures and not ahimsa directly? I mean, obviously we say about ahimsa a lot and we practice it or try to practice it in everyday's life. I think one of the reasons is forgiveness is not easy. I mean, you know, we have, here's a brain power in this room here. And, and we are still discussing, I mean, we are discussing because for a reason, it is not easy. We can, like, like Bhavan said, we, we should keep it simple. We should maintain it that, you know, we, we don't have to go over things over and over, uh, whether it's good or bad. But what we do know from Jainism standpoint, that anger and uh, anger, greed, uh, uh, deceit, ego, all those binds karma to our soul. And that keeps us into this human life or any other type of life. And our goal is to shed these karmas. And coming back to my original point that, you know, for every sickness, there is either preventive medication or cure. And forgiveness is a cure. Something we haven't reached that stage of mind where we we are not able to control ourselves before we get to anger. Forgiveness is a tool for brave people to practice to overcome that anger that already happened, that already happened in our mind and body. So we can recover out of it. So as the book says, uh, 
the the passion and the one thing also to connect we all all think about four kashai anger greed uh ego and deceit but what i think about it now that uh passion of greed ego and deceit actually leads to anger so there's a single point of contact so if we eliminate that one kashai using forgiveness then we are shedding our karmas okay i think that that's the part i only want to mention and and let you ponder on that coming back to forgiveness it's it's a powerful medicine for ourselves and now i'm going to focus just on us because that's the that's only our circle of influence others we can't influence we can't control and only thing we hope is we propagate this kind of mentality by practicing it let me let me add mahatma gandhi's uh note the weak can never forgive forgiveness is a tribute of strong so let's think about it now we move on to a different stage of let's say we have control of ourselves how do we forgive ourselves what are the ways to forgive yourself something that you have practiced in past something that has worked for you something that has helped you to come out of a situation whether it was your fault or not whether you forgive yourself or forgive somebody else one of the things that's worked for me uh in forgiving myself for my past actions is to realize just that that they're in the past and i can't change them yeah tim uh were you able to resolve that in your mind uh and then how, how did you resolve that thought in your mind well if i made a mistake then i can I can't spend my time ruminating on that mistake. I can only try to fix it using the present moment. If I spend my time ruminating on that mistake, it's a waste of the present moment and it doesn't help anything because that action occurred in the past which I can't change. Yeah. That's absolutely right. What are the other thoughts? Hey, so Tim, uh a follow-up question on that. So when you did that did you see the desired result in a different or, or let me ask you this did you get a different result or did you just interpret the result in a different way the result was the same I interpreted the result in a different way because there was nothing I could do to make amends and I interpreted it in a different way and I told myself that i was going to change my actions to try not to make the same mistake again okay. and that uh, i think that brings up a very good point because we talk about forgiveness and then the next step is change right um we talk about um forgiving ourselves and you can decide whether you want to change or not and that's this conversation that of course Nick's example you, you can forgive yourself for doing something minor to upset your spouse 
But then if you decide to change, that's a separate question that has almost very little to do with the first question. And it's a completely different skill set whether you want to change or not. Yeah, but Tim, you control that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you, you have the ability to change if you want to change. You control whether you would like to change or not. Correct. Correct. But then did you forgive yourself if you don't go down the path of changing it? Yeah, you forgive yourself every day. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. no, right. <laughs> and, and so did you really... Did you really forgive yourself, right? Did you, if you try to forgive yourself, then you're acknowledging that you did something wrong, right? And that you caused harm to somebody else and you want to, you want to remedy that, you want to heal that. But if you don't make or don't try to make a behavioral change in that case, then are you no longer acknowledging that you caused the harm? If you're not willing to take that second step or that next step to uh, prevent yourself from doing that again in the future? And certainly that's what the other party sees, right? The other party, let's say in Lopa's case, if Nick continues to do the offending behavior, then she thinks that he's doing it to spite her because of her, not because he was absent-minded, but because he doesn't care about her feelings. And that's certainly how Lopa would take it, that if Nick is not doing something to change, then he has not forgiven. I think next time we're going to have to call Lopa to resolve this whole issue here. <laughs> but, okay, uh, to expand on that a little bit further, right? Let's say I'm not able to. Nick, I'm going to again pick you and I, I might uh, receive a, uh, a difficult message later on. But let's say you, you're not able to change yourself. You choose for some reason not to change yourself. You go talk to Lopa and say, please forgive me, but here's my viewpoint. Here's why the reason I continue to do what I'm doing. Either I'm not capable of doing something or it's just something that's blocking me from doing that. How would, so to me, that would be a part of forgiveness and having a discussion and explaining the other person said, okay, I'm trying. And I think that will make a difference. Say, so let's say, so after forgiveness, if you have a choice, whether you change it or not, you if you decide to change it, if you think that's the right direction, then okay, you are resolving that in your mind as well that you're changing and you're able to do it. Let's say if you're not able to do it, you have a choice now to make two things. It's kind of have a conversation about it and say, okay, here's the reason I'm not able to do it. And I think, I, or maybe there's a reason you don't want to do it. And then you explain your teammate or anybody else and say, okay, here's the reason. And have a conversation and maybe it will lead to a different uh, outcome. But it will definitely help you to resolve in your mind. And it will be still something that you can do yourself. Like getting a toothpaste dispenser. So no need of a cap. <laughs> Actually, I got a flip top. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but I, I, I think going me, me here, even like uh, our, our company coach that we had, he's like, a lot of times people get upset because they don't understand the circumstances of the thought process, right? You know, like you're doing something based on facts that you have that someone else doesn't know. And this happens in the workplace a lot, obviously, right? You know, and so the fact that you apologize to someone, but explain to them, because like we're all short on time or we think we're short on time. And the fact that we are explaining to someone that, hey, you know what? We are, uh, this is why I did this, right? They may not still accept your forgiveness, but at least they understand why you did something, right? And that's part of making that communication flawless, right? You know, now in my, in my example, there's no thought process of why I do that, right? You know, but in our workplace, there may be 10 different reasons why we do something, you know, one, someone told us that second, you know, this is the path I was taking and this is what I saw yet, yet, or whatever that is, you know. Okay. So I think, uh, let, let's bring things together. The, the, the things that we should remember, uh, from our discussion today, uh, first of all, keeping it really simple. Anger is not good for us. Do we all agree that anger is not good for us? Okay. Forgiveness is a quality of brave people. Not I said it, Mahatma Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, all are saying that and practicing it. Third, it is not easy to practice forgiveness. And that's why we actually have mantra for forgiveness. I don't think we had enough time to talk about what different things we can do, but I highly recommend memorize this Kamehameha It's only four lines. And I can tell you, it could be a life-changing mantra for you. Last but not the least, that forgiveness is for I and myself and my own anger. Others, are out of my circle of influence. I, I think if we if we keep reminding ourselves and you know if we can uh, continue doing that, it will definitely help us to not improve on ourselves. But I'm I'm confident uh, improve our families and kids uh, and wives that we all talk about all the time. Uh, that that will definitely be uh, useful for all of us. Uh, that's that's kind of my my last comment. Unless anybody have any other comments or suggestion uh, or learnings. The one thing I'm going to do after after we're done here is look up in uh, like Alcohol Alcoholics Anonymous their twelve step program. Um, curious because I assume. Apologizing, asking for forgiveness, making amends, meditation, and and prayer. I, I suspect all all of those concepts are also part of that twelve step program. And I'm I'm curious um, where along that journey, which. Uh, you know, I, I think many of us understand is a is a very long road. 
right? Where along those journeys those those concepts fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shido, uh, please share with us what you find out about that. I think it's very curious and uh, a practical application of forgiveness. Anybody else? Any thoughts? Any other takeaways? Tim, back to you. Oh, I have nothing. Thank you, everybody, for attending this week, and we'll see you next week. Appreciate it, Jay Thank you. Thank you, Jay Jinendra. Jay Jinendra.